Hey, it's the Craggy Rugby Podcast. It's the midweek edition prior to the Ulster home game. We're in the Huntsman. My name's Alan Deegan and I've got William Davis. Good afternoon, Alan. Before we get into anything, William caught up with Andy Friend and Nigel Carolyn to discuss the team selection for this week. Let's hear what they had to say. Andy, you've had a bit more time to reflect now on Saturday night, but I suppose that's now in the rearview mirror to some extent. It's, it's all about Ulster. Yeah, it is. Uh, we, we debriefed that on the Monday. Um, we then gave the fellas Monday afternoon off and Tuesday off for Christmas, and we came back in here on Wednesday afternoon and all eyes on uh, and focus now on, on Ulster. Is there a danger a defeat like that can sort of get into people's heads a bit, a bit and maybe change the way they approach their game plan, become a bit more tentative? I, I think you know, you, it, it, there's a possibility that could happen. I don't think it will happen with us. I think you know, our key message coming out of that was uh, you know, for 65 minutes we did a lot of good things. Uh, the biggest area of concern there, we, we gave them too many opportunities and we've got to look at why we're giving them opportunities and how we're giving them those attacking opportunities. For us to make 243 tackles, that puts a lot of pressure on us. Um, if you look at the game stats, we probably shouldn't have been in the game, but we were because of the quality of our attack and, and, our, and our strikes and what we were doing there. So uh, we need to be better at what, what we're doing with the footy when, when, we're, uh, when we're not using it, um, where we're giving them their opportunities. Uh, and I know as a group we've, we've had good discussions about that and I know we'll be better for it. Do Ulster look as if they set up more to stop a team playing than actually playing and then look to seize the opportunities? Uh, listen, I think they've got some attacking threats out there without a doubt, um, but you can see the back row that uh, they've selected. You know, that's all about trying to turn ball over and stop us. So yeah, we've talked about our attacking opportunities and, and having some variety in what it is that we do. Um, we saw a bit of that last Saturday night uh, against Leinster and you'll see a bit more of it tomorrow night. So um, yeah, they've got their own game style. We've got our game style. Uh, we know they're big, big men and we need to win that, that game line collision which uh, we'll be aiming to do so I think if we can dominate that uh, I think our set piece has been going very very well um, and I think if you know if we can continue on that, that vein then uh, you know, we'll be a tough team to beat here at the sports ground Ulster play a slower game so pace Connacht want to get this game paid at, at their pace similar to what you had against Leinster which is a very fast paced game yeah it was and that's that's a bit, of, a bit of a trademark of ours you know we talk about our tempo and our accuracy and our physicality and uh, I think we're starting to get uh, well, we've seen always that tempo's there um, it's not only to play quick if we, if we want to slow it down we can but we have the ability to play quick which I think is important um, you know the, the, the accuracy uh, a lot of last weekend was very accurate and we get, I believe we are getting more accurate but we're still not there yet we were a 65 minute accurate team last week we need to become an 80 minute team uh, and I think our physicality is starting to come on board too. So those big rocks we talk about, we're getting there with those. Um, and this is another opportunity tomorrow night to, to keep building that program. Uh, the introduction of, our, of James Cannon, our second rower, um, yeah, I, thought, I thought Gavin Thorme was outstanding. I thought he, he completely emptied his tank. If I had my time again, I would have got Cannon on about five minutes earlier. Um, uh, but otherwise there, I thought, you know, on reflection, I thought we used the, used the bench how we felt we could. You know, it's a tough one because we've got James Mitchell and we've got young Connor Fitz and we've got Kieran Joyce who we didn't use. And, you know, my message to those young fellas, it's not that I'm not trusting you fellas, but at that particular time, I thought the other boys were going well. I think that's a really important one for the team. You know, we've got 23 players that if we feel like we need to use them, we will. But if we've got players who are going well, um, and I thought that Blady was going well, I thought our centre pairings were going well. I thought Jack Carty was going well. Probably just near the tail end started to cramp. We did try and get a change there, but 
we had that last passage of play 40 something phases and we couldn't get a change on so um, yeah I said there's always moments in games when you reflect and you think ah, could I have done something different probably the only one on reflection there maybe a James Cannon a touch earlier would have helped us So how important is Benchmark to be this week against an Ulster side that is obviously coming down here still smarting from, from losing a historical record in, in, in Belfast It's important every week you know, it really is, and uh, but you know, I never go into a game thinking at this minute I'm going to change this player. Uh, and I've seen that happen before, and you, you trip yourself up as a coach. To me, that's that's the art of coaching. Um, it's watching the game, seeing it unfold. You know, feeling that do we need a change here, or that player's lagging a touch there, or that, you know this player's going to add a bit of value off the bench. Um, it's not always just my decision either. We sit up in that coach's box and we discuss it. You know, I'll throw it out there. You know, such and such is looking a bit slow. What do you boys reckon? No, no, we feel like he's fine, friendly. Okay, watch him for another five. Let's keep an eye on that. So um, it's just a feel for the game. But uh, yeah, I'm sure a six-day turnaround, um, you know, there's every chance we're going to need to use that bench uh, maybe a bit quicker. Um, but we'll wait and see what delivers tomorrow night. Can you tell us about the, the online players that you've brought and obviously one of them is going to be playing on, on this weekend and how valuable and how much needed they are in, to, to in the squad at the moment? Yeah, listen, we've had an unfortunate run of injuries in, in, in certain positions. Um, we've been really fortunate to be able to um, get some online players. Tom Daly, um, uh, Angus Lloyd has joined us and now Stephen Fitzgerald's joined us. So uh, really, really important for us. You know, it's, a, it's, it's certainly not part of our recruitment plan that. We've got another part of our recruitment and retention plan that's uh, that's that's behind the scenes, it's churning away and uh, we're hoping to continue to make some big announcements over the, the coming weeks and months. Um, but when you get these run of injuries, it's really important to have Irish qualified players who can step into the breach, good relationship with other clubs. Uh, Munster's been good to, to release Stephen for us. Um, Lentz has been very good to release Tom for us. Uh, and obviously Angus, uh, he's been playing AAL, so it was probably a bit of an easier one for us. But you know, what's great is just to have quality players who aren't getting opportunities in other in other places be able to come down here and put their hand up and show us what they've got. So you know, great to have those boys here, and it's uh, certainly added a bit more strength to us. I suppose the key to that is the fact that they can come in reasonably quickly, that there's no future bets. That's the other big thing, you know, and I think, I don't know what a lot of people understand, but to get a foreign player in, uh, you know, there's a, at least a six-week turnaround there to get a visa. And we can't wait six weeks. You know, we had we had the situation there with with Kieran Marmion where he had his injury um, into young Stephen Kearns with his injury. So with Mickey McEwen's injury as well, we're left with two halfbacks. Well, we can't wait six weeks on the hope that nothing's going to happen to James Mitchell or, or Carleen Blay. We, we need someone in straight away. So that's where it's great to be able to say, who, who do we think the next best is? Uh, it's Angus Lloyd, sweet, he's available. Let's get him straight in here. Um, so we've been fortunate to be able to have yeah, that great working relationship too. I said with, with IRFU, who are forever giving us um, uh, names, uh, suggesting names to us, plus Tim Allnut, who does a great job there with, with uh, you know, searching the Irish qualified talent that's out there. And then I said, I, I think also what's healthy is having that relationship with the other provinces where um, you know, they're very aware of, of players that may not be able to, to get an opportunity. And uh, you know, the last thing anyone wants to do is to warehouse a player. So uh, we've got an opportunity now to give these boys, boys a run and we'll see, see Stephen here tomorrow night. Nigel, all set for Ulster? I believe we are. We've had a, a short turnaround this week. Um, I suppose with Christmas um, in the middle of it, it's, we haven't had a whole lot of time on the pitch, but you know we haven't made a whole lot of changes either. I think it was important that lads had their downtime with their with their families and just and, and just get that bit of headspace. So, um, 
But no, the lads came in uh, yesterday, raring to go. Uh, we had a good session last night and just got clarity on the game plan again. And uh, uh, yeah, they're looking forward to you know another home game in Interpro. Everyone is excited about these games, and uh, it's easy to get your head around them. So uh, hopefully they can they can they can turn that headspace into a good performance. What are you expecting Ulster to bring that'll be different to what we saw from Leinster? Yeah, they're still coming strong. Um, you know, I think the nature of the campaign that they're having, they have to rotate a few players as well. And uh, but you know, you look at the quality that's coming down. You have Marcel Kutsia and Jordy Murphy and Nick Timoney in the back row. I mean, that's just you know any one of the Pro 14 sides would be happy to have that back row on their side. Um, you know, and there's there's um, you know, Will Addison has gone exceptionally well from at the moment. So, I mean, there's firepower, I think, um, right across the back line. I think John Cooney will be looking forward to a, another trip back to Galway. And I think, uh, you know, there's a very underrated 10 in Johnny McPhillips. I think he's, I've had him at Irish under 20s and he, he's a superb little footballer. And I think he'll be chomping at the bit for his opportunity tomorrow. And just looking how Connacht will approach having lost in difficult circumstances or a bit of a harsh loss, is there a danger that if something goes wrong early in the game, the players will lose a bit of their focus and they'll start maybe trying to be a bit more conservative in their game plan just to, they don't want to make mistakes I hope not I think uh, it, it's not who we are it's where you know we're we have an attacking mindset and um, you know but I think the learnings from the last day we just needed to be a bit smarter with how we used the limited ball that we had in the second half but you know at times you know the difference between kicking long and kicking the ball off the pitch can have huge consequences and and that's all it comes down to is outcomes i think the learnings that we took were you know just to make sure our kicking is 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 um is on song but we we cannot lose the the attacking mindset that you know got three tries in the first half and you know really tore into into Leinster and we hope to do the same for Ulster but we just got to be able to manage the the ball when we have it you know and, and understand when we need to play with ball in hand and when we sometimes we've got to put the ball in behind them or in some cases off the pitch so pragmatism is, is sort of the key and it's just a uh part of the learning curve very much so and uh, you know we've we've been in games throughout the season where you know we've gone behind early and you know we don't panic you know we keep playing it's all about next play focus um you know and it's uh, i think that the way the lads train and the way they've the scenarios that we put them through they, they, they'll never panic whether they're up or whether they're down I think it's just it's just accuracy at times that can let them down and making sure that you know if, if there's a string of you know errors that they find a way to rein it back and, 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 and change the momentum again Fascinating team selections we have on both Ulster and Connacht William Yeah you'd wonder how Connacht would have set up if they'd uh, beaten Leinster last week um, obviously that was disrupted and uh, Bundy's playing again so they're trying to you know, they'll be trying to manage his minutes it's, it's a matter of managing games and minutes um, but I think this has now become a must win game or a must not lose game which is slightly different to a must win game uh, but it's actually the same thing but it's just the mindset and I think he explained very well he feels that they will cope with the fact that they let that game go my concern is that when that happens to a team, if something happens in your next game early that knocks you off your stride, it's do you keep playing the same way or do you suddenly think, do you know what, I'm just going to con- close it down a bit here. And I'm not sure Connacht are good enough to do that. I don't think it's our game. Uh, so I'm fascinated by tomorrow night at the sports ground. It's going to be packed. It's going to be a huge atmosphere. Uh 
you know, it should be really well filled. I'm sure there's still some tickets available. So Yeah, I saw a tweet today that they expect it to be sold out, that they're pretty close to selling out, um, and we're, we're a day away from it. So if you want to get your tickets, folks, get up there. You'll be hearing this on Friday morning. Don't delay. Don't assume you can walk up to the gate and get one. I think it's just going to be a real test of their resilience. I don't think this is a particularly brilliant Ulster side, but, you know, they've had a win. And the way they set up, really, I think, they want to stop you playing first, then they want to see what they're up to. Connacht, on the other hand, tend to just want to play. So Leinster exploited that a bit on Saturday night. But the thing is, Ulster are not Leinster. So these interprovincial games, this, these are going to become... There's already key parts of the season. But it's going to become... If, if we stick to this regular pattern of three at Christmas or Christmas New Year, these games are going to be absolutely central to the season. If we reduce to 18 games, which might happen if two more South African teams come in, a third of your games will be interprovincials, Which is huge for us because you're talking about Leinster being the best team in Europe and probably will be for another couple of years. Munster are Munster and Ulster are back, you know, back playing really good rugby, winning, but, you know, they're in with a chance of qualifying for the quarterfinals of Europe. You can't say that about the teams from the other countries, even though, I, I you know, um, Edinburgh and Glasgow is, is pretty tasty at the moment. Yeah, I think they've they've done a great job with the Edinburgh uh, Glasgow game because that was they've done well. They've made a big effort in Wales. It's a little bit different. It, it still doesn't quite work as well as it should, but they're still very important games. But Friday night is just another one of these massive games. It's the first um, Christmas one that Andy Friend is going to experience. They're a little bit different again. It's an evening kickoff. A few people will be in the pub beforehand. I'm sure getting a little half glass of Guinness or something into them so it's it'll be buzzing up there and it's a big opportunity for Connacht to you know they picked up two points last Saturday get four tomorrow night I would take six out of a possible ten going into the Munster game I would be quite happy with that so would I so would I I think we might pick up five I'm not sure we'll stop Ulster from scoring a bonus point because I think we're going to it's the same backline as last week and that backline tore a good Ulster a good Leinster team apart this is also Dan McFarlane's first game in the sports ground in charge of Ulster which is obviously going to fire him up having been here for so long as a player and coach um, so and he's also picked what I think is a, is a quite a lot stronger team than he had uh, in Belfast in October so it's going to be fascinating. I think it could be the weather the way it's going to be, which is perfect for us. It means it's going to be an open, flowing game. I know they don't like to play too much, but I think they like to play more than, than people realise. Um, Dan McFarlane likes to play good rugby. Connick played good rugby when he was around. Um, so, yeah, I think it'll be open game, and I think there's going to be a lot of tries. Just win. <laughs> and it doesn't matter if that's 3-0. That's, that's, that's how I see it. I think for Connacht, I, I actually think Connacht... Yeah, they'll go at it, but they just need to win. What did Al Davis from the Oakland Raiders used to say? Just win, baby. Well, this is one of those games. And if Ulster do score four tries, then we better score five. And I think we will. We would like to thank the official Connacht Rugby Supporters Club for supporting the podcast. For the most detailed and informative travel news for away matches, check out the Supporters Club website at conaclan.com. Membership is only €10 and includes a member's gift, exclusive merchandise and much more. Go to conaclan.com for all your supporting needs.
So here's some audio that William recorded earlier with the um, what happened last weekend, the scores and how it affected the tables and where Connacht sit now. Six games down for decision in the Pro 14 last weekend. We started on Friday, December the 21st. Ulster 19, Munster 12. Cardiff Blues 19, Dragons 16. On Saturday, Ospreys 19, Scarlets 12. Edinburgh 23, Glasgow 7. And Leinster 33, Connacht 29. On Sunday, Zebra 8, Benetton 10. Looking how that leaves the conferences, everybody has 11 games played with the exception of the South African teams who are both on 10 played as they are now in their midsummer break as it is in South Africa. In Conference A, Glasgow are 8 wins, 3 losses on 41 points. Munster are 7 and 4 on 32. The Ospreys are 7 and 4 on 32. Connacht are 6-5 and five on 32. Cardiff Blues are 5 wins, 6 losses on 27. The Cheetahs, 2 wins, 1 draw, 7 losses on 17. And bringing up the bottom of Conference A in 7th place, Zebre, with 3 wins, 8 losses on 16 points. Conference B has a runaway leader in Leinster, who are 10 wins and 1 loss and on 49 points. Ulster, a distant second, seven wins, one draw, three losses on 33. The Scarlets are six and five on 30 in third place. Benetton Treviso are five and six with 27 points there in fourth. Fifth are Edinburgh with a five and six record on 26. The Dragons are in sixth place with three wins, eight losses on 14. And the Southern Kings, with one win and nine losses, are in seventh on 12 points. And it is a game of, or a weekend again, of, of interprovincials and derby games right across the, the Pro 14. Here's what's coming up. On Friday, December the 28th, Connacht will take on Ulster, as we've just been talking about with a 7.35pm kickoff at the sports ground. On Saturday, December the 29th, Benetton entertains Zebre at 2pm Irish. Glasgow Warriors and Edinburgh play at 3pm. And then at a quarter past five, Munster take on Leinster at Thoman Park, and the Scarlets entertain Cardiff Blues also at 5.15pm. The final game of the weekend is on Sunday, December the 30th, with the Dragons taking on the Ospreys with a 3pm start. Cardiff and the Ospreys both away, and it would be home wins that Connacht would be looking for to dent both of their chances of Cardiff Blues and the Ospreys in Conference A. There's been some interesting uh, developments on the recruitment front this week, William. Well, that's if you call it recruitment, because it's not, I think, the way Connacht look at it. I think uh, the three players concerned, Tom Daly's come from Leinster, Stephen Fitzgerald uh, has come up now from Munster. He's the older brother of Connor Fitzgerald, who has played a bit for us already this season, and Angus Lloyd has joined from the AIL. And I think it's important that people understand that this, these are temporary 
replacements. They're, they're pay, players that have been brought in on short-term contracts to cover. Connacht have a fair few injuries at the moment and they've got some issues, scrum half, and there's other positions, back three. So it's important that you realise in terms of what recruitment for next season these players might be here next season because they might impress and they might get a contract. But at the moment, they're here to do a job. They're Irish qualified, so there's no visas or work permits or paperwork or passports or anything. They can just turn up at the sports ground, be measured for their Connacht jersey, get it on them and get at it. Stephen Fitzgerald is on the bench uh, for this match now on uh, tomorrow night. And I think the other players will come in, they'll be around, they'll be 24th men, they'll be ready to go. And that's the reason that they've been brought in. You can't just say, I want this South African. You can, but you're going to be waiting six weeks to do the paperwork. Connacht haven't got six weeks. So it's important that that, uh, that that's understood. And I think they're coming into a buoyant side that's been winning and playing well. So that's easier to integrate people in when you have that opportunity. And uh, we certainly wish them well. I think we do need them. Um, you know, Tiernan O'Halloran is, was injured in the warm-up before the um, Leinster match. Uh, David Horwitz dropped out of that panel. He's back in again now. Uh, Matt Healy is still injured. Hopefully might be back next week. Um, you know, it's, it's just, it's that time of year. It's intense rugby. It is, and like, like I think one of the reasons Tiernan got his is like he'd been involved in 15 games this season. That's an awful lot of rugby to be playing, to have played only halfway through the season. Um, and, and so, yeah, we need more cover, which is why Stephen Fitzgerald's been brought in. And I'm sure his brother had glowing reviews because he's been playing very well. And, and, and you know, it'll hopefully give young Stephen Fitzgerald, who's older than his brother, <laughs> um, the chance to, to shine and, and play a bit of rugby. Uh, I know, just checked out the Munster boards there, and they're not overly happy with the fact that they're, they've lost a the player up, but it is only a loan term, um, so it'll be fascinating to see what happens at the end of that term. Well, they've got to play. I keep saying this, these guys have got to play rugby. Running around, training, doing this, doing that, playing is where it's at, especially for younger players, if you're an older, more experienced player, maybe time off is actually of more benefit to you. But they've got to play. So, and I think that's what the IRF you want. It's what they feel these players need to be doing. They've got an opportunity to come here and play, whereas a player like that, if you're on the outskirts of the Munster team, you might play, but you might not play. And you're just waiting all the time, knowing that the opportunities are, are a bit thin on the ground opportunity for him here might be a little bit more and it's up to him then to seize that chance yeah and you know you're looking at we, we, we keep hearing from Leo Cullen that he's played 50 odd players this year I think if these three lads play we'll be up to 47 uh, 46 or 47 it's it's very close to that I can't remember off the top of my head I could pause the, the podcast here and go looking but I'm not going to but you know we're, we've played an awful lot of players as well this year but in a couple of positions we've been playing guys an awful lot scrum half is the other position where Blady's been involved in every single match yeah that that's a big ask uh, it's a mental ask as much as a physical ask and the difficulty is you can pick up an injury or you can just maybe reach a stage where you physically, mentally go off the boil. I think if you look at Sale, the side they picked to beat or beat to play Bordeaux at home was the same players over and over again. And they just had a bit of a meltdown that day where three or four key players, I think Steve Diamond said something like they just they just weren't there. 
And that's why you have to freshen up squads. And by freshening up the squad, you help other players as well as the player who's been rested. But sometimes, Keelan Blade, you know, Kieran Marmion's gone for surgery. He's an international. And I think the international players are on tighter controls. We know that. You, you're only going to have them. It'll be interesting to see now how, how do they, what, how does, how do they feature Bundy? What does, he, does he play at all next week against Munster? Is he on the bench or is he completely rested? Because they are, there seems to be more largesse for them, the players to play in Europe. And that means the sale Bordeaux games. And that's all part of the backroom's job. They have to monitor this and they have to talk to the people in the IRFU and they have to talk to Joe Schmidt's team. And this is all, this isn't written down on the back of an envelope. This is all uh, put down on spreadsheets and it's controlled and it's monitored to the minute. And sometime very soon we're going to be talking to Dave Howarth, who's the strength and conditioning uh, coach, head strength and conditioning coach, I'll be getting him for an interview and we'll be talking about how they do this and what they're looking for and you'll be amazed at the detail. Yeah, yeah, and it's obviously working. Ireland had their probably their best ever year in, in international rugby last year and, and a lot of fit and healthy players all the way through the season. Um, so yeah, you can't, we can't complain. We're only we're only on the periphery of it. Like when you look at Leinster and the amount of players they have, but including and Munster and Ulster also have players. You're looking at best not available this weekend. Stockdale probably for the same reason. Having said that, they're bringing back Jordy Murphy. Uh, they're bringing back um, Will Addison. You know, so they've got some seriously good players coming along. Um, you do wonder if if guys are being held back for their. You know, we're going. I assume for Leinster and Munster, you're going to see a huge amount of Irish players available that weren't available last year. A lot of people kicked up about it, and maybe you know, um, marquee players are being kept for big games like this. I think one of the difficulties of the three enterprises at Christmas is you cannot put out uh, your major players in game after game. Now, it might be a time of the season that we see some of our less frequent uh, visitors to rugby grounds who want to go and watch a game of rugby. So if you're going to watch Leinster and Munster and you suddenly discover that uh, Johnny Sexton's not playing or Jordan Armour's not playing or on the Munster side, uh, Peter O'Mahony or uh, Conor Murray, there was a bit of disquiet last year about this because the Pro 14 said they wanted these players to be available for these derby games. But if you're going to put all the derby games on at the same time, they're not going to be available. So it's a, it's a bit of a, an unwinnable situation. So you do wonder a little bit, is that how it's seen? Um, the bottom line, for, the, for me, home fans should be going anyway. And, you know, the sports ground is going to be rocking on Friday night. And once the game kicks off, who cares who's playing? Because really, it's 15 guys in Ulster jerseys against 15 guys in Connacht jerseys, and it's game on. And it's an interruption, and that's the difference that, that you have in Ireland. These games have a depth and a history that is only being built up in Scotland and Wales. Yeah. It is. And of course, on Friday night, this will be Connacht's first time chance to win three games in a row against Ulster. Um, because having never won in, in Ravenhill or in the Kingspan Stadium, um, Connacht have never had a chance to win three in a row against them. So it's um, some more history possibly being made on Friday night and it'll all be on radio. Yep, be live on Galway Bay FM from uh, around 7.30 with uh, Rob Murphy and Joe Healy. And uh, as I say, if you're in the Connacht area, get your tickets, get up there. It'll be a cracker.
It certainly will. We'll have a podcast on it next week um, to review it. Hopefully it'll be for a, another iconic win and keep this um, cracking season. Keep going and getting better and better. Thanks, William. Thanks, Alan. Thanks, Alan.